I remember being at, at a, uh, an elephant rescue place in Sri Lanka. And they were, exp- hmm. they were explaining to us that the way you get these giant bull elephants to obey is when they're tiny, you chain their leg with a huge chain to a, to a, a palm tree. And it, yep. and it pulls and it pulls and it pulls. And eventually it, it dawns on it that it's impossible for this tiny elephant to pull the tree down, right? Yeah. And then as soon as it has that, that fixed state of um, I'm stuck in this way, you can tie it with a string and it won't break the oh. string. Oh. Seriously, right? And so from then on, you could just tie it with a small thing yeah. and, and, and have, have a little kid hold it and it won't yank. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I'm stuck. It's like, wow. That, it, and those super intelligent elephants, they are stuck in that way. And, and, huh. and it's so obvious that we, as being really bright human beings, we're so stuck as soon as you, you have the invisible chain replaced with a string. We now bring you Enter the Freud. This is for entertainment purposes only. It is no way medical advice. So, uh, I believe this is episode two on this, what, what I was framing as the retirement paradox. And it just seems that if you try to look up what one is supposed to do to get ready for retirement, everyone's idea is you should work on your finances. Retirement mm. equals finance. Like that's yep. that's what we equate it to. And then if you want to look look at what is what's going on emotionally, it's a discussion about, oh, you're emotionally disturbed, it's time to retire. Like those are the conversations. <laughs> like, I swear to God, those are the conversations. No one is willing to talk about, hey, how do you prepare now so that psychologically you kick ass in retirement? Like we may be the two bozos to ever even talk about this. Yeah, I think it's a really good point that you're bringing up. I never quite realized it, but yeah, you're right. That I just someone was just asking me like, "Oh, what are you what are you going to talk about on the podcast today?" And I was like, "Oh, retirement." And she just went right into finances. Oh. Exactly, because so then what do you do if you have your finances sorted out and then and then you have more to talk about? Like Right. Well, and what when when it comes time to retirement, regardless of where you're at financially, you still have to like live a life and not just like think about finances. Yeah, I, well, I, that's what like last time, as you were pointing out in this, your your idea of living on a boat, it then became apparent that okay, that fulfills the adventure quotient, and then there was this. If this is a bit of a recap, but if if there was some ability to then have your life attached to a larger meaning, there's there's a need for community, adventure, and then a quest towards serious meaning. Like yep. those three things have to exist. And uh, honestly, most people I know, some that formula isn't lined up very well. It's not as dialed in as their finances. Yeah, totally. Okay, so you said community, meaning, and adventure. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that is what's necessary. But not only do most people not have that in retirement, most people don't have that in any phase of their life. See, yeah, that's what you, that's what you pointed out last time. And it's like, fuck that. But that's where I see the paradox is it's almost like we're all postponing saying, well, we'll just kick ass now, suffer in a deprived state so that later I'll sort it out later. And the, yep. the reality is, you know, something about learned helplessness. I remember being at at a uh, an elephant rescue place in Sri Lanka, and they were exp- hmm. they were explaining to us that the way you get these giant bull elephants to obey is when they're tiny, you chain their leg with a huge chain to a to a, a palm tree, and it yep. and it pulls and it pulls and it pulls, and eventually it it dawns on it that it's impossible for this tiny elephant to pull the tree down, right? Yeah. And then as soon as it has that that fixed state of um I'm stuck in this way, you can tie it with a string and it won't break the oh. string. Oh. Seriously, right? And so from then on you can just tie it with a small thing yeah. and 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 have have a little kid hold it and it won't yank. Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, I'm stuck." It's like, "Wow, that it, and those super intelligent elephants they are stuck in that way." And and huh. And it's so obvious that we, as being really bright human beings, we're so stuck as soon as you you have the invisible chain replaced with a string. And so totally. that's that's where it, I was inspired almost to last week to start solving my own riddle of like, because I don't want to be old and then freaked out and feel insecure that I suck and I'm a has-been. I don't like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't even like it now, right? I, and do you feel like you're already starting to feel that way? Well, I haven't. I haven't gone on a proper surf trip in since COVID, right? So, so that's like two years plus because I I only surf in the summers. Um, so it's kind of a, uh, yeah. In in a sense, that's really not helping. Um, and and that it's almost like that's a marker for me of the adventure. And then there's kind of a community in that too. Cause I, I go to the same place and I see the people that, that are at, in this travel surf community. And, yep. and then there's, but there's another element that I, that we didn't have in our formula, which is like serious physical capacity to foster the adventure. And, and I peak after a surf trip, physically because it's so it takes so much training i have to train mm-hmm. before i go and then when i go it's like a, a super amount of, of it 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 just takes like a type of physical strength that the rest of the year i don't have and yep so uh, is it fair to add another thing to our formula and and you're saying that thing is physical health or something yeah it's like physical capacity as i see it in strength and then mobility is a different issue that like do you do you feel that at all like where you get kind of creaky in your back or like your joints are or uh askewed i mean i i know yeah when i'm not physically feeling good it sucks because you start to just feel like a miserable wretch (laughs) Yeah, so so you know about this. Yeah. 
So what do you do now to to make sure that you don't have this I'm a miserable wretch physical experience? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just the same thing that you're talking about is that if you have that intention of I'm going to like keep myself in physically good form and you and you do the work to keep yourself in good form day in and day out then you're physically in good form and you feel much better yeah but like specifically what do you do because i'm always in a cycle personally right like like when it becomes the summertime i actually have two workout days a week that are only shoulders wow like i know it's super extreme but because that's kind of a a marker for me of health is having like ridiculous shoulder strength. And I don't even, I don't, I don't even care what that means. Right. I don't care, but it's, it, it equates to something like 20 strict handstand pushups. Right. And oh. so, so right now, since it's the beginning of the summer, I can only do six in a row. Right. Oh, but uh, by the end I'll be able to do 20 and that it, it's just a stupid thing that I have. Right. But like in your case, what do you do? Why are you, why are you fit and, and flexible and not like cre creeping? <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of, well, the, the, the physical answer to the question, which I think is the less interesting one is I just, I have a pretty consistent routine of weekly workout and my diet thing is pretty consistent. I mean, I gain weight in the winter and then I lose weight in the summer every year. Um, but my actual like workout thing is pretty, is more or less consistent and the same all year round. But I think what's more interesting to me, I actually sort of am a believer kind of of more the mind body thing. And I think to, to not feel like a uh, old creaky man, I think it's almost more psychological than anything else. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so what what does that even mean? Like for for someone like like right now I'm totally hyper focused on the external, right? But yeah. clearly it, it's as you're pointing out I'm obviously impacted by this like mental concept of are you a has been or are you not, right? Like like what what is how do you keep your mind engaged or or what is that thing? Like, right. Well, I, that's the million dollar question. And I don't think there's a simple answer, but let's just see if we can come up with a few examples. Like imagine a guy who um, is really, uh, he grew up kind of low self-esteem and his dad was mean and his, his mom was really depressed because she was married to this mean guy. And so his personality became this super nice, gentle, harmless, kind of castrated guy. And then he fast forward and now he's an adult and he goes through the world being super nice and gentle and he never wants to offend anyone and he kind of almost like tiptoes around all the time. Okay, so imagine that guy. Okay. That, so there's a per, I'm describing a psychology, but there's a physicality that's going to be associated to that. You know, you can almost see the guy. He's going to be kind of like, um, you know, just kind of meek and gentle and his, he's going to keep his voice a little more effeminate. And he's probably going to, he's definitely not going to strong, he's definitely not going to walk like with his chest puffed out. He's definitely not going to do that, right? Okay, so I'm just trying to give an example of 
So there's a psychology, but there's a physicalness that's going to be associated with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm making a very simple example, but we could go and talk about a variety of other different examples of guys and there's a physicalness associated. Well, I'll just do a quick one. Imagine the guy who he was super popular in high school and thought he was the shit and the life would just be handed to him and now he's just like It's hard for him to hold down a job. He kind of goes from construction job to construction job, but he's just kind of lazy and he sits around and he drinks a ton of beer, watches sports, eats tons of burgers, lays on his couch. There's sort of a physical thing to that. And now that dude maybe does more walk around like this, but now that he's 40, he's like overweight and he's got all kinds of like creaky back problems and he's like blown out his knees or whatever, you know? So I'm simplifying. There's obviously a million different variables, but I I do think that there's like certain psychologies that associate with like healthy physical energy movement. Yeah. And that trying, and everyone's a little bit different, but trying to find those and trying to like have, and it's sort of like the mind body thing is sort of like your psychology is energy and your physical thing is energy and trying to like, find the zone of psychology and physicality where your vitality is really flowing in a healthy way. I think that's the most important thing, actually. Okay. But so my question is, what are you supposed to do if you wake up one day and you realize you're either the wimpy beaten guy or the overly arrogant, like, uh, washed up... Burger eater. Yeah, burger eater peaked in high school guy. Right. Like sometimes I swear to God, sometimes I'll wake up and I think I'm both of them. Like (laughs) I, I, I I swear, I swear to God, it's super, it's super weird because sometimes I'll sit there and I'll, I'll remember something from my childhood. And it's like, like this strange thing of being out somewhere in Florida. And it's just like such an insignificant life. And I'm like, oh my God, that's really how I was at some point. And then I fast forward all the way till today and it's like, whoa, my worldview is so expansive that I'm like, well, it doesn't reconcile. It, it doesn't seem possible that someone can go from a place that that is so small town nowhere to then what the hell has happened? And yeah. and it's like like in that in that trajectory that is it is it in the way that some people draw the arc of life that it's like oh I get to this expansive place and then then I get old and I go back to an insignificant little town like mm-hmm. like I don't like that model and just for this this idea of of following the psychology of it um shit I I think am I taking us off track no like. I'm just having a hard time following this this now the potential trend and then keeping with the the revelation of okay here you are in the peak of your adult development and you realize oh shit I'm an arrogant burger eating construction dude. like <laughs> and, and then it's like well, and then you're supposed to go down from there or, well, yeah, it's a it's a good question. But like, your dad hasn't gone down. Your dad seems to be at his high level of uh, at least physical ability. But maybe he's even at his high level of 
mind body, isn't he? Yeah, it's that's super weird because when he was 50, he wasn't though. Physically, he wasn't doing well. Mentally, he wasn't doing well. And right. he's actually made several breakthroughs in his later years. And I think that's somehow tied to his relationship with my son. He's like getting to be a much better father with him. Not to say that he was a bad dad. It's just like, it, he's better. Like, yeah, yeah. like is your, do you ever notice that your dad is like, has a capacity to be with your son that he didn't have with you? Definitely. You can see that too? For sure. Right? Like imagine if you get to your elder years and you don't get to, to live that out. Like I see that yeah. as being so rewarding and I don't know if you if your dad ever talks about that or you see him light up when he's he's like there pitching with your totally. son or whatever they do. Totally. That's for sure true with my dad. My dad and my son have an awesome thing going. And my dad really has risen to his best parenting thing with my son. Yeah, that they couldn't do with us because they were busy in the grind. Or maybe they were realizing their own fat burger eater self or... My, their own dejected, like, I'm a beaten, tied up elephant self. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is true that oftentimes grandparents do a great job when they didn't do such a good job as parents. And I think, I mean, it's complicated, but to simplify, I think it's just like raising kids, like when you're in your 30s and you're trying to raise kids and get your career going and try to like, the hardest of all is like, try to keep your marriage together after you've had kids. Everyone is fucking floundering then. And so then trying to parent when you're all floundering and and fighting with your wife and trying to get your career going, like that's just a hard phase of life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we can acknowledge that is just an unusual challenge. And it's it definitely has to do with the way our, our younger life and the... the the what the institutions of life don't really actually prepare you well like i don't think schools yeah. i don't think schools and young parents prepare us well for that transition into adult no thing right no. but so that it doesn't we can see how that happens but that doesn't mean we should do it again in the second transition towards we're going to stop working now and we're going to we're going to do this other part of life because obviously this is an issue now because we, we live so long, right? We, yeah, totally. We, that, I, I think that's a good point is humans never lived this long before. So we're facing new evolutionary challenges. Yeah, so, so last week I got a text and then I called in later. My, my gramps, who's 95, fell down and like his, one of his shins got a fracture in it. And, then, mm -hmm. and so there he is in the, in the hospital and and I, I FaceTime with him and he's just like, oh, yeah, making jokes that he said he did it snowboarding and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like a 95 year old guy who's still out golfing, like still goes out and meets uh, this woman on Wednesday and then goes to the next town on Friday and meets another one that they're just. You mean he's dating? I, I don't know, but these are his friends who. Cause my yes, dude, he's he's dating. My grandma passed away, and so I'm like, I, I don't know, dude. It's just so. When, how long ago? How long ago did the, the, your grandma pass away? She passed away last year, right? 
Oh my god! And so already he's got like all these new dates. Yeah, he's he's got these friends that he goes out with. Because otherwise, what is he gonna do? Like sit right. in the house and then stare out the window at boats. He he lives on the water in in this place in Connecticut, right? And it's yeah. like, what is he gonna do? So right. so he, he he definitely should be going out on dates. He's active, right? And somehow he fell down and nobody is talking like, oh, because if, if you're 95 and you fall down and now he can't walk on that leg for like six weeks, but yeah. there's no talk of, okay, let's get ready to put him in an elder care home. Like this dude's not going to an elder care home from that. Wow. It's going to take, cool. it's going to take more than that to get this guy to um, give up. Like, for, and so, but I think that's just kind of a testament to where we're going and that's only possible because of modern medicine. He has like eight stints in his heart. Like yep. he he's on so much medication to to keep him in this super functional state that that it just he would have died 20 years ago. For sure. Yep. For for sure. Yep. Right? Yeah. So yep. so I think this has just become really important because the most of us are going to and even we say like, oh, there's problems with the economy, so we're going to retire five years later. Okay, fine. We retire five years later, and you still have 35 to 40 years to live. Yep. So then we need to um, somehow talk about our, our transition now so that it, it's almost like it, this is this are we talking about. Well, I for some reason I'm now thinking of it in the form of transitions because in the same way I I constantly think about like how to help my son facilitate through the transition of needing to get away from me cuz mm. we have we have so much fun together and at some point I know that he's going to need to be his own dude. And so oh. he's going to have to stop being the way we are together, right? Yeah. And I and I'm like trying to prepare myself for like, oh, that's gonna be really weird, not to take it personally, and then to think of and I even I'm because I'm a stupid psychologist, I start thinking of how I can facilitate that. Yep. Right? To be like, oh, okay, here's what he's gonna need, get him moving in that towards it's almost like preparing him for becoming an adult so that it's not so confusing and overwhelming. So then maybe he will be there for whatever the next stage, the, the generational phenomenon. Um, I, I know that's, that's not retirement, but then he's preparing for his retirement when he's 11, dude. Well, it's, I think what we're talking about, and it started to occur to me when you did this, um, you were kind of like, you, you go and you get, you finally reach some sort of peak and then you fade and I, you know there's probably some models that think of it that way and certainly most people think of old age as this fading and you're wanting to resist that and so i think that model we should just throw that freaking thing out and if we're going to graph people how well people are doing it's almost more like these different phases childhood teenager 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s and at each phase it's sort of like a different life challenge and people do better or worse based on just how they're handling the different things and if we're if we're focusing on the older age thing 
I think there's a way to do the older age thing really well so you're going up on the graph. And your dad's a good example. It's like he hit 60 or whatever it was, and he started going up on his graph. And the conversation I think we're trying to have is, how do you go up on your graph in the 60s and the 70s? Yes, okay, okay, that's it. And, and I just keep getting pulled back to like the now. And then, and then I'm pulled back to, oh, well, how do you prepare for now so that when you have the inevitable revelation that, oh, I'm kind of a beaten, tied up elephant. And then it's like, oh, okay, let's, let's start mobilizing so that I can get free of that, I, that experience of self so that later on i'm i'm still moving towards that that more expansive retirement home <laughs> yeah that kind of uh, i would like to be admitted to the university i'd like to go to harvard in my retirement home right yeah, right like uh, well and 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 the the elephant string metaphor let's apply it to retirement or old age like what's the string that makes everyone just assume that retirement you're supposed to be gimpy and creaky and i think it's i think it's that assumption is like that that's just the that's almost like that's what you're supposed to do is to become a gimpy creaky like old person that just like worries about like picking the dandelions out of your lawn (laughs) yeah well okay so I see the chain as like this this grind of the nine to five work like obsession and and then with that that ultimate responsibility of work family to like go to work then take the kids to their sports and then you take a back seat entirely like your life is fucking insignificant now your your job is important what happens to your kids is important. You don't matter anymore. And so... Totally. I agree. That, I think, is the chain because then psychologically, you you start deferring all of your own distress to, well, I gotta... Uh, I can't deal with that now. I gotta keep the grind for my sales gig or I have to make yep. my quota because that's what I'm doing this year. I need to get the bonus so that I can put that towards the retirement. And then you're like, oh, well, I don't really want to spend all of my afternoons from from six o'clock till nine o'clock shuttling the kids back and forth to the thing. Oh, but I need to do that because nothing else will make these kids blah, blah, blah. Like, and then there you are and whatever i mean that's that's obviously like the the middle upper class story and then of course yep. there's there's a middle lower class story and then there's like the ultimately rich story same fucking story it's this the the chain is still a chain and yeah and it produces the same psychological um i don't know the the term i'm thinking of is functional fixedness but that's not even correct that's like a stupid iq term um but it it, it like as a result, you then have this this limited perspective that you see the world rigidly in this in this yeah. like a linear way, and you you, yeah. you lose that more expansive. Um, I, I don't know what you want to want to call that more progressive um, ideas, but that 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 reminds me though of 
like as we as we point to the middle class upper class distinction and then there's still the psychological bind i was thinking about like the strange phenomenon of how people typically become more conservative as they age right mm. typically but then it's like but what if you're already conservative right and and it might do you some good to become more liberal and or um like like if you're ultra conservative at 40 like at 60 are you just gonna be like where does that go uh that the might, trajectory of being conservative yeah or or ultra liberal it's like is that part of the chain and i think so right like like your your identity and the way that it's tied to a particular style of thinking becomes somewhat it, it becomes rigid and it it um I, I don't know I'm, i might even just be making up shit right now but do you, are, are you with no, me uh, no yeah well that i think that point you're making is true i think that people in their politics they join a club either the democrat club or the republican club and then they it becomes part of their identity. And as they get older, they get more and more like wanting to be the secretary or the treasurer or the vice president of the club. And they get more and more entrenched in the club because it gives them identity and it gives them community. But it's not, they're not, it's not clear they're actually thinking critically or creatively about these ideas. It's just more they're getting entrenched in the club's ideology. Right, but so then that would serve a purpose of almost like filling the the i the community quotient as as yeah. we pointed out the elements that we needed to sustain life, <laughs> then we needed a community, and so if you have a rigid ideology that fits within an assumed community, not that they're gonna like you right that there's there's an actual club of conservative people and then you can go in and they're going to be like oh welcome hey freddy boy we've been waiting for you like there's no fucking club but um i no but i think people do find them there's not like an actual conservative ideology club but i bet i haven't thought of this so i'm trying to figure this out i bet people find them like um if like if you're let's say you're in the right wing club, will you go to your church and everyone there is going to have sort of a Christian right wing thing and that political ideology is like that. Oh, I remember a good example that shocked me a few years ago. I went to this rodeo and I'd never been to a rodeo before. And I was like, oh, this is a club and the conserv the, the Republican ideology was part of the club and in the middle of the rodeo, the rodeo mc guy would be constantly be making republican jokes of all types of variety and it's like oh the five thousand people here we're all feeling in this republican club oh interesting yeah yeah i so so then it does fulfill a type of belonging but then yeah so so there there is this weird kind of i, I i'm realizing that i'm having multiple models direct my my projected ideas of what happens when you get older because obviously, I don't really know what happens when you get older, but I do know what happens when you go from 10 to 40, right? Like, I know what that's yeah. like exactly. But then, so so there's there's this kind of idea that, that um, 
Oh shit. I, like thinking, just thinking of the self from 10, 10 all the way to, to whatever mid forties, then I'm like, uh, and, and then when I tried to, to take that into, to furthers in sixties, I've lost my idea. I'm hopefully it'll come back, but, um, well, okay. Let me restate. I think maybe one of the important ideas is the chain. And you were saying the chain is just this kind of commonly held belief that when you're in your forties and probably early fifties to some degree, that your job is like to be a breadwinner and to take your kid to sports. And so you're, you're supposed to sacrifice yourself basically to be a good parent or be a good homemaker or whatever. Um, and that that chain then kind of sucks out your own um, spirit of adventure or creation or meaning, and you just kind of become this like breadwinner dude. And then eventually your kids grow up and leave the house, but now you've kind of lost your heroic story for yourself and now the hero is just gonna like fade off into creakiness right or see like i like how you're you're acting it out as if like the thing is a a letdown because i I meet a bunch of people who are they're pumped about their success and their their parenting and they're they're like yeah i got this man i'm i'm like hitting these numbers oh i'm like by the time i retire i'll have these millions and then Oh, my kids, if I die, they're going to have this, this, and that. And so they're pumped about the chain. They have no fucking idea how, how at some point this thing that they're, they're in on is then, then, cause they're, they're going to, as, as I, someone was describing to me yesterday that he's, he's now 50 and he's talking about his life at the country club. And so he goes there and there's like tons of dudes in their fifties and they all just sit around after they play golf and they're just having drinks, bitching about the economy and about like how the politics at the club suck and fuck this place. But by the way, bring me another drink and a burger. And so they have this, they have this situation set up. So they're weighted on hand and foot. They have their, 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 their adventure of golf tied into it. But that, yeah. It's fucking a dead end. It, it literally is like this. And everyone has to convince themselves that they've made it. And hey, look at us. We drove here in our fancy cars and we pay our, our, our membership. And so we're in the elite thing. But really, yep. it's like experientially, by this guy's description, it's kind of a... Um, he's having a hard time continuing and he's only 50. Right. Okay. So it it seems like the most important thing for us to talk, not that we can succeed at this, but we should at least tackle it is like, so what to do instead? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's where like my vision of, of coming up with a plan that's like, like, and of course, because we're talking about somehow crafting a lifestyle design that, that, that brings us back in touch with some experience of freedom that we all lost. And, and the really mm-hmm. weird thing is I don't even think we should try to pretend that you're, you're, that you could live a life where it isn't lost. 
Like, I think that that was Rudolf Steiner's idea that, oh, we can create this Waldorf school and then we'll have a kid who grows up and he doesn't lose his his creative impulse. And I'm like, wrong. I don't think that happens. I think it is a, a journey of becoming something where you lose that innocence and then at some point you you find a new a new openness later on like and i because i don't want it to pretend that it's oh you go back and hey i'm in touch with my youthful thing and i'm like bro you're 80 you're not fucking youthful stop saying that right i think that's a foolish misconception a retro romantic idea that you would go back to oh i found my youthful creative thing no i think it's more like you get to a place that um but oh so once again i'm just getting lost talking philosophical bullshit because it doesn't answer the question of what are we going to do? Well, but I think you did kind of imply an answer there. Yeah. And it was that you um, reconnect with like a creative, free, inspirational spirit. Somehow you connect to like the inspirational, creative thing that youth have, but you connect to it uh, in your elder years. Yeah, so, okay, I'm with you now. So if you do it in your elder years, then you have all this like awesome experience of working hard and getting shit done, right? So so this, this like idea came on that it's like, okay, because we don't want to say that, oh, all this time spent working hard and being a dad and being a provider and or a mom, but we're talking about dads because we're guys, right? But like on that, working hard on that i don't want to say that oh that's time wasted and now now it's time to to connect to this vital force and so that was all bullshit it's like no dude like winning at that or being beaten by that is crucial to then then inform you of this this life force and then once again then i don't know how the fuck to get in touch with it other than like our immediate lived experience and like the, the vast amount of bullshit that I do in my head to just stay connected so that I can actually be flexible enough to meet with my patients and their unbelievable, like, their lives. Like, I have an actual thing that I do every day, and it's like this elaborate meditative process. What, how do you do that? Like, how do you stay available to, because I know you work with patients and then you work training young psychologists, like, how do you yeah. how do you remain intact with the the knowledge of the psychological um, of psychology? Like, how do you how do you do that? Well, I, I think my psychology was just set up as a kid growing up that when someone comes to me with a question or wants help or something, I just naturally kind of like go into their world. I sort of like abandon myself and I go into their world and figure out what their thing is and figure out what's going to be helpful to them. So it's kind of like, like one, one example to point this point is sometimes I'll be sick, like I'll have a cold or I'll just feel shitty. Yeah. And like when you feel shitty, you just want to lay in bed and watch TV. But it's almost better for me to come to work because I sit down with a patient and they start talking and I forget about my own misery because I just like go into their world. Oh, but so do you have to do anything to remain available to that? Or like, not really. No, it's it's sort of like when I sit down with a person, bloop, I just like, 
like like latch into their thing and if i'm fucked up or sick or depressed or upset about something i i can pretty easily like totally forget about that and just go into the person's world wow that's that's awesome man like because i'm not sure if it's healthy or not it sort of seems like a codependent kind of trait where you can forget about yourself and just like but it does work well for my job yeah i don't care if it's healthy or not the fact that it keeps you into this thing it's like saying like oh i can go to the gym and then i can just get pumped and lift weights like every time i walk in the room i'm like yeah let's do this like nobody's gonna say oh that's fucked up bro like you should you should go in and just be like i don't really feel like it today i guess (laughs) you know like like no i i like what you're saying but i just think it's it's unique that you somehow because i actually have to work at this like and because I, I don't think I'm doing exactly the same thing, I think I might have more of a messiah issue going on that that I th- <laughs> that I think I have to do. I, I'm 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 kind of just joking about it, but in a, in a serious way, like I put a lot of pressure on myself to deliver something significant. And oh right, and so and I know you're not supposed to do that. Blah blah blah. Oh, it's the the patient is choosing if they want to get help or not, and. I understand. I have to tell myself that all the fucking time. But I like when someone comes in, they tell me, Doc, I've had this thing I've suffered from 20 years and I want to not have that. And I'm like, oh, let's go. Let's like, here's what we're going to do. And and then, but I run myself on the same kind of program as if I'm on a 20 year cycle too. Mm. And so that's probably unhealthy and codependent, but fuck it. That's what I'm doing. And because of that, then I have an unusual amount of patients who will contact me five years later and say, Doc, I, I got to tell you, it's unbelievable. Thank you so much for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't know. But so, but that doesn't save me. Even this level of engagement in, in, in our jobs, like I still have the ability to wake up and think, oh, I'm the chained elephant beaten. And, and in other days, I'll wake up and think, what kind of burger eater have you become? Like, look at you. You like the last cool thing you did was <laughs> like, what, what is it? The, like the, the last thing you and I did was we in this, in the fall went to a, a Spartan race and kicked ass. Yeah. Like, but look, like, what do you have to do then do that every six months? Oh, that's not enough. You have to do that every month. Like, Right. Run a triathlon or then be like those people who run a marathon every day. Have you seen that? Like like some people ran like 32 marathons in 30 days or oh my like a hundred marathons in less than a hundred days. What? But whatever. Like, well, that's that shows that 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 uh, there's an there's there's too little and there's too much. Um <laughs> And, you know, and so that, that sort of has to bring in the idea about, okay, so what about retirement? What about just like chilling out? Maybe chilling out's okay. Yes. And, but that's where, where I am not okay with that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like my idea of chilling out is just different than the idea of, well, I'll just now sit here and allow myself to go into physical, emotional, psychic decline. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Like, like there's a real difference in like 
acknowledging that you are older and that you're going to do shit differently, but then to just accept decline is something I don't really know. I can't really get behind that yet. I can't. Yeah, I think there's a paradox in that because I do think you have to accept decline, but I don't think you should do it in the way most retirees are doing it. Most retirees, it just is like, you know, and I don't think that's the way to do it. But on the other hand, you don't want to be one of those guys who's running 30 marathons in 30 days. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, right? Like if, if then you move on to this next part of your life and that's what you're doing, like if, if you told me, hey, this is my new thing, that's what I'm doing, I would be like, fucking A, that's awesome, right? Yep. I, I would not have. Yeah, if it like inspired me and I, and I had good energy around it, then yeah, it is cool. Because it is good to have a exciting project that you're working on yeah well did did that answer the question what was the big question we ended up with what the the chain is you, you know what you're doing in your 40s is this chain you live your life for your kids or to be a breadwinner okay how do you like break that chain how what do you do differently or if you do, if you are just doing that, then when you turn sixty and you're an empty nester now, what do you do to like refine motivation or creativity or inspiration? Oh, okay, yeah. So, so obviously we we couldn't answer that. This even or or a spontaneous answer wasn't obvious, right? But at least we could say, hey, at some point. My hope of, of all this was just that we would maybe get to the idea that if you were struggling during your 40s and 50s, that in your 60s, you could do some new cool shit. Like, right. that was like my hope entirely, that that would be an offering. And, it, and either way, whatever, whatever, you've, whatever you were to, to something that you want to be. And but then how one does that shit, man, that Dave's going to have to answer that question. Well, what's your plan? What do you see yourself doing? Well, I I wanted to say more of the same, but obviously that it's not what I'm currently doing was really great for my 30s and 40s. And I need to to actually modify it slightly. And Hmm. and I don't know exactly what that is right now i don't but it's like i know it's emerging like it started to and are are you a little troubled because you don't know what it is yeah totally Uh uh-huh yeah i'm troubled and my sleep is troubled that there's something about me that's that's not right and and i know that's because i'm like oh i'm finding i'm like hey what is the way what do i do and i'm like trying to figure it out so I know that I'm like a bloodhound. I'm on the case. I'm on the track. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't exactly see what that is yet. And maybe it's I have to run 30 marathons in 30 days, which that ain't, that ain't happening, buddy. Like, No, I, I, I feel similar to you. And honestly, I think a lot of people do. I think that's part of the difficulty of retirement is trying to find the thing that is inspiring and gives you motivation and gives you a sense of meaning and community and adventure. I, I think it's not easy. Yeah. 
All right, you feel it too then. Yep. All right, well, I feel less tweaked just instantly knowing that, right? Like, it, well, then at least if, if you find out something, like if I can watch you do something, then that might, if, if anything, even though of course what we're doing isn't the same at all, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't have yeah. the same mechanisms, but there's yeah. so, like, that's yeah, cool. It's like a, a feeling of relief knowing that you're also gripped and you can feel the tractor beam almost like it's yeah it's calling 